Good morning, good morning, and welcome to Walking with Jesus Through the Word, one chapter per day. I'm Pastor Jason Van Bemmel from Forest Hill Presbyterian Church here at our temporary home at Reaching Africa's Unreached in far northern Uganda in Moyo District. And we are here on our 735th day together in the Word of God. It's been more than two years, a little less than a year to go, and we're here in Isaiah 45. Let's pray together. Father in heaven, thank you for your word. Thank you for the truth of your word and for the clarity of your word. You alone are God, and you have demonstrated that again and again through the, the truth and the accuracy and the power of your word and how it all comes to fruition in your son, Jesus Christ, the word of God made flesh. Father, teach us through Isaiah 45 today. Write your word on our hearts, we pray in Jesus' name. Amen. Isaiah 45. Thus says the Lord to his anointed, to Cyrus, whose right hand I have grasped, to subdue nations before him and to loose the belts of kings, to open doors before him that gates may not be closed. I will go before you and level the exalted places. I will break in pieces the doors of bronze and cut through the bars of iron. I will give you the treasures of darkness and the hordes in secret places that you may know that it is I, the Lord, the God of Israel, who call you by your name. For the sake of my servant Jacob and Israel, my chosen, I call you by your name. I name you, though you do not know me. I am the Lord, and there is no other. Besides me, there is no God. I equip you, though you do not know me, that people may know from the rising of the sun and from the west that there is none besides me, I am the Lord and there is no other. I form light and create darkness. I make well-being and create calamity. I am the Lord who does all these things. Shower, O heavens, from above, and let the clouds rain down righteousness. Let the earth open that salvation and righteousness may bear fruit. Let the earth cause them both to sprout. I, the Lord, have created it. Woe to him who strives with him who formed him a pot among earthen pots. Does the clay say to him who forms it, what are you making? Or your work has no handles? Woe to him who says to a father, what are you begetting? Or to a woman, with what are you in labor? Thus says the Lord, the Holy One of Israel, and the one who formed him, ask me of things to come. Will you command me concerning my children and the works of my hands? I made the earth and created man on it. It was my hands that stretched out the heavens, and I commanded all their host. I have stirred him up in righteousness, and I will make all his ways level. He shall build my city and set my exiles free, not for price or reward, says the Lord of hosts. Thus says the Lord, the wealth of Egypt and the merchandise of Cush and the Sabaeans, men of stature, shall come over to you and be yours. They shall follow you. They shall come over in chains and bow down to you. They will plead with you, saying, Surely God is with you, and there is no other, no God besides him. Truly you are a God who hides himself, O God of Israel, the Savior. All of them are put to shame and confounded. The makers of idols go in confusion together. But Israel is saved by the Lord with everlasting salvation. You shall not be put to shame or confounded to all eternity. For thus says the Lord, who created the heavens, he is God, who formed the earth and made it. 
He established it. He did not create it empty. He formed it to be inhabited. I am the Lord and there is no other. I did not speak in secret in a land of darkness. I did not say to the offspring of Jacob, seek me in vain. I, the Lord, speak the truth. I declare what is right. Assemble yourselves and come. Draw near together, you survivors of the nations. They have no knowledge who carry about their wooden idols and keep on praying to a God that cannot save. Declare and present your case. Let them take counsel together. Who told this long ago? Who declared it of old? Was it not I, the Lord? And there is no other God besides me, a righteous God and a Savior. There is none besides me. Turn to me and be saved, all the ends of the earth, for I am God and there is no other. By myself I have sworn, from my mouth has gone out in righteousness a word that shall not return. To me every knee shall bow, every tongue swear allegiance. Only in the Lord it shall be said of me, our righteousness and strength. To him shall come and be ashamed all who were incensed against him. In the Lord all the offspring of Israel shall be justified and shall glory. That is Isaiah 45. One of the most remarkable passages of Scripture for how it shows that God is the sovereign Lord over all the earth. Most people in the world in Isaiah's day believed that there were many gods and that different gods had limited sovereignty over a small part of the earth. So you had national gods, and within those nations, you had multiple gods who were in charge of various parts, the, the harvest and the rainfall and you know the metalworking and all those kinds of things. But God is emphatic throughout Scripture that he is the one true God and there is no other God besides him. And to demonstrate this, he names Cyrus, the Persian emperor. He names him over 150 years before he comes to power. And he says, I will demonstrate just how much I am in command of all of the affairs of the world by naming this man who will restore my people. He becomes a type of Messiah. Verse 1 says, Thus says the Lord to his anointed, to Cyrus. Anointed there is Messiah in Hebrew. And he becomes a type, a picture of Christ even, because he restores his people out of captivity and he causes Jerusalem and the temple to be rebuilt. So the city of God to be built and the people of God to be delivered out of captivity. That's what Jesus does for us. Jesus delivers us out of our captivity to sin and death. And he says, I will build my church, which is the temple of the living God and is the holy city of Zion. And so Cyrus here is a type of Christ, but he was a real historical figure and God named his name and God said exactly what he was going to be able to do. In fact, God even said the extent to which he would be able to take his kingdom, that even down to the Egyptians and the Sabaeans, he would, he would rule over. And the merchandise of Cush, so that's, that's an empire that stretches to Egypt and to modern-day Sudan and to parts of modern-day Ethiopia. That's a massive empire because it's the Persian Empire, which means it has its origin in present-day Iran. The Persian Empire, the third great empire in world history, the first is the Assyrians, who tried to conquer Jerusalem and couldn't. The second were the Babylonians, who successfully conquered Jerusalem and took them into exile. And then the third is the Persians, who 
had the largest and most glorious empire of any of them to that point. And Cyrus is the great king of the Persian Empire. And what's interesting is the Assyrians, that first empire, the ones who conquered northern Israel, they had a policy of taking the people captive that they conquered and resettling them in other parts of their empire so that they would lose their national identity. Now, the Babylonians were more careful and they, they tried to preserve the national identity of the people that they captured, but they still believed in taking them into exile, removing them from their homeland so that they would be disoriented and weakened. Cyrus, uniquely among these powerful world emperors, he decides the best thing to do is to restore everyone to their homeland and to allow everyone to rebuild the temples to their gods because he wants to be on good terms with all of the gods scattered throughout his empire. But here the Lord speaks to Cyrus and says, even though you don't know me, Cyrus is a polytheist like everybody else. He's a pagan ruler like, like all the other unbelievers in the world. But God says, even though you don't know me, I'm the one who's establishing you. I'm the one who's going to give you treasure. I'm the one who's going to give you victory so that you will accomplish my purposes to restore my people, to rebuild my city, and to bring glory to my name. Because everyone will see that the one true God is with you. And because Isaiah had made this prophecy 150 years earlier, it demonstrates God's power. That's why I mentioned yesterday how critics of the Bible uh, like to use Cyrus as evidence that the prophet Isaiah, who lived during the days of Hezekiah in the 700 BC time period, he could not have possibly written these prophecies because he names Cyrus the Persian ruler and he wouldn't be the ruler of Persia for 150 years. And I said yesterday how they kind of missed the whole point. The whole point is that this is proof that God is God. And if it wasn't written until after Cyrus, it wouldn't be any kind of proof. God wouldn't have written it and said, see, here's the proof that I am God. I've named this guy who oh, he's already ruling and he's already doing his thing. Like, that doesn't make any sense. People would have seen it and been like, why are you saying this? It doesn't really add up. But God alone knows the future because he alone commands the future. The other thing I want us to see from this um, chapter is that God has always had a vision to send his light, his righteousness and his salvation to all the ends of the earth. And so he wants this pagan king to know who he is, that he is the Lord, that he is Yahweh, and there is no other, and there is no God besides him. And look at verse 6, that people may know from the rising of the sun and from the west that there is none besides me. I am the Lord, and there is no other. Some people mistakenly think that in the Old Testament, God was only interested in saving and preserving the Jewish people, the people of Israel. But that's not true. God has always been a God who is the God of the nations and the God who is wanting to save the nations. And so he's wanting to put this testimony out there for the nations to see. And then later, he even calls upon all the ends of the earth to look to him and to be saved. Um, he says in verse 22, Turn to me and be saved, all the ends of the earth, for I am God and there is no other. 
By myself I have sworn from my mouth has gone out in righteousness a word that shall not return. To me every knee shall bow, every tongue swear allegiance. Now those last two lines might sound familiar to you if you know your Bible. Philippians chapter 2, right? That at the name of Jesus every knee should bow in heaven and on earth and under the earth and every tongue confess that Jesus Christ is Lord. Well, that's one of the passages that demonstrates that Jesus is Yahweh. He is the Lord in human flesh. Because Yahweh here is speaking and he's saying, the only way to be saved is to turn to him and be saved. Verse 21 says, there's no other God besides me, a righteous God and a savior. There is none besides me. Well, Jesus is the savior. Jesus is the one to whom everyone from every tribe, tongue, people, and nation can turn and be saved. And Jesus is the one to whom every knee shall bow and every tongue swear allegiance. They will confess that Jesus Christ is Lord. So Jesus is Yahweh. He is the Savior. He is the Redeemer of all the ends of the earth. And that is how God keeps all of his promises and all of his purposes. So what's the takeaway for us the takeaway for us is to trust that the God who can name Cyrus 150 years plus before he comes to power knows our lives, controls our days, and is ruling over everything for our good. And the God who gave his son for us so that we can turn to him and be saved is the God who will care for us every day of our lives. Let's pray. Father, thank you for Jesus, our Savior. Thank you that we can turn to him and be saved, even from the ends of the earth. Father, we thank you that Jesus is the fulfillment of all of your promises and all of your purposes. We thank you that you've blessed your people and you've sent salvation to the nations through your son. Help us to trust him and help us to proclaim him to all that they may hear. In Jesus' name. Well, that's Isaiah 45. Tomorrow, we'll go back to Daniel for Daniel chapter 4. I hope you have a blessed day in the Lord.